And good morning, Latoya. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I am doing good, honey. We've been having some deep conversations, chat. Yes, they have. <laughs> and they've been all stimulated by our dear children. Yes, they have. But you know what? That's the whole reason we're here doing this Absolutely. homeschool. Because if I didn't have an Elsa and you didn't have a Jaden, we would this there there would be no R and B homeschool. It would not. It would not we would not be on this journey. <laughs> we would not be on this journey. I don't even know where I would be. I'd be single and uh kidless. Uh-huh. Yeah, it would be different. What do you think you'd be doing? Probably traveling the globe. Okay. okay. Like in a suitcase. I probably wouldn't have owned a house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably living in an RV. Okay. Because that was a dream before I even moved here. So I'd probably be like traveling around in my class A RV mm-hmm. and flying out to different countries. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I would. Well, if it were prior to COVID, I would be in Hawaii by now. Okay. Because when I turned 38, I had decided that I wanted to do travel medicine Uh and that I was going to move to Hawaii. Um, I had visited a few times and every time I laid foot on that ground there, I felt like I was at home. I felt very connected to the land and the people and it was just always and I was always so sad when I would leave to come home and it's funny because I've been many many places and I've lived many other places and it's very few places that I'm like oh my trip is over you know I've always been like well I can come back whenever I want but every time I would leave Hawaii I would I would be sad like I was leaving home oh yeah it was it was really quite strange the first time I ever felt it I was like wait a minute what's going on (laughs) but prior to COVID it would be Hawaii now the way that Hawaii has handled COVID and um what's going on with just their decisions with their native peoples and their residents and travelers um that doesn't quite work for me yeah (laughs) and so um I would probably be in Costa Rica right now. Okay. You've talked a lot about Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. Or I might be um, somewhere else, but still doing travel medicine. It would it would just be travel medicine. Okay. Wherever I could travel and do medicine is what I would be doing. So that, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe we would meet up on our travels. Maybe we would. Wonder if our it would hopefully it would. well because you're a scientist yes you know so um it's very likely it's very likely that our paths would have crossed just without kids yes. that's all <laughs> <laughs> well welcome 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 everybody how was your easter was it good it was good 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 um elsa got some things in her easter basket that she already knew she was getting um, because she would ask me for some things prior to Easter, and I'd be like, "Sure, but it's going in your Easter basket." Listen, everything <laughs> you don't get it until Easter. So there were a couple of things that she uh, didn't know she was getting in that basket, but there was a good five, six things in the basket that she had picked herself. Listen, <laughs> yes, it's like when you when it's almost Christmas time and you're asking for things, it's 
like, oh, no, that, that, that's for Christmas. Sure, you can have that. It's going in your stocking. <laughs> yes. Sure, you can. Matter of fact, it's when you get home, wrap it. Yes. And put it under the tree. Yes. <laughs> because you can't have it until Christmas. So, yeah, so she, she had some of that. And so Easter was good for us. Glad it was good for you. Let us continue this conversation. And so we are talking about today... Uh, sexuality, sex education, and our kids. Absolutely. Uh, it's just, it's no skimming over. It's like dive head first into it. You, you just have to. You just have to. Yeah. At this point. Now, I know that there are people who are listening who have children who are, you know, two and three years old where it's not about sexuality, but it is about sex education. Absolutely. Even at that young age. One it's of the body parts. It's body parts. It is body parts. Um, I, I, I beseech all parents to teach their children the scientific anatomical Absolutely. names of their body parts, all of them, because, you know, and God forbid there be a situation where your child has to tell you that someone uh, asked them, touched them, had them to any of those kinds of things. However, if there ever would be that kind of a situation, we want it to be taken seriously. And we don't want anybody talking about my pocketbook, my cookie box, my water gun, my snake, my any of those kinds of things. No, we need for our children to know this is the name of the part. This is your private part. No one is to touch it, talk about it, look at it, ask you to show it to them or any of those things of the like. And starting to teach them that from the beginning, when you say fingers, toes, nose, eyes, lips, shoulders, knees, it needs to be penis, vagina, Right along with it. Absolutely. 100%. And and, and we don't need to shy away from those things. And we need to talk about it in that way. Um, So you and I, uh, you have a tween already. Yes. Um, Mine is coming up on tweendom this year. (laughs) And she is ready. (laughs) She's talking about these double digits. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Oh, my, 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 my. And, and this is the time. So you have something really special. I kind of just want to hand the podcast mostly over to you today so that you can tell us about this wonderful program that you have introduced me to. Uh, you have two programs, actually, yes. that you've introduced me to. So, um, you know, let me get out my pen and paper. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so, like I said, I had to jumpstart the parenthood. My kid came knowing the head, shoulders, knees, and toes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> all the parts because he was very inquisitive mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so when I got my child I said okay I'm new to this mm-hmm. let me find some books on how to teach it so that it's age appropriate and understandable right um, at each level and so I found um, some great books by Stan and Brianna Jones called God Design for Sex Okay. In general. So they have three or four books. It's a series of books. One is for ages three to five, five to eight. Uh, They have the eight to 11 and 11 and up. Okay. And so it's a four book series. um, And it just tells them about how they came to be. It gives them all the anatomical parts. Mm -hmm. What we would desire for their love life to be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um 
our beliefs as a Christian. Okay. Um, but then also just their plan of conception and childbirth and breastfeeding and all the things that happen with babies. Okay. Okay. And so I like that it doesn't uh, omit anything. Okay. And as they keep getting older, they introduce more on that concept. And and you know what I find important? It is important for us not to glamorize, but it's also important not to demonize. Absolutely. So 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 often people are like, "Oh, sex is bad." Right. I mean, in the reality, it's not. No, it's God not. created it. There's for a reason. there's nothing bad about the act itself. Yes. There's nothing bad about the act itself. And so you have to have a conversation like without it being in its context. Right. There are things that make it inappropriate. Uh-huh. There are things that make it incorrect. Uh-huh. There are things that make it out of order. Uh-huh. You know, it's all of that. Just like, okay, yelling is not bad in itself. Uh, yelling in church, yelling in the courtroom, <laughs> yes. yelling when the baby taking a nap. <laughs> That's, you know, where we have a problem. Uh-huh. Um, so we have to look at the things and, and separate them out into their pieces yes. and recognize, okay, sex is unwarranted, unwanted, and inappropriate until yes. blah, 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 blah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because then you don't want to get, you don't want your children to become adults and then have this flawed view right. with their husband or wife. Right. Um, because. It wasn't presented to them correctly. Or get to a place where they're so inquisitive about it because you've demonized it so that they decide to get involved in it before they should just because mama said no. Mm -hmm. Just because daddy said no. Mm -hmm. You know, just because grandmama said, you know, blah, 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 blah. I'm going to go ahead and try it anyway because it's forbidden fruit. You know, let's not do that to it either. Um, So if we discuss it just how it is just and what it is it easier i feel like once you've had the initial conversation you're just building yes I but it's the conversations where you know your child is entertaining you really haven't discussed a vagina or penis right and how it operates yes then you get all these questions like but you said <laughs> or johnny said mm-hmm. or sarah said her parent mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we ran into a situation some years ago. So funny. Um, We were at a friend's and uh, both of our daughters are close in age. I think maybe a year or two apart. And uh, they were downstairs playing and the young girl's dad was downstairs uh, in his office. And he heard, I don't know what was the context of what was happening, but he heard Elsa say, vagina and he grabs both girls and he runs them upstairs <laughs> me and my friend are sitting upstairs and he says she said the v word and i said what he said she said the v word i said what's the v word i, know, I had right? the slightest idea what he was talking about he was like her private part i was like oh she said vagina he was like oh he was like we don't say that word i said and why, why? not why? D- does she not have one and he was like, no, we just we just don't talk about it. And that was when I said, I said, well, um, I can appreciate whatever it is you've decided to or not to with your own children. Yes. But I want to let you know that we've taught ours to call it what it is, yep. scientifically and anatomically, what it actually is. Because if anyone were to touch it, I need her to say, 
that person tried to touch my vagina. Yes. That person showed me their vagina. Yes. That person asked me if they could see my vagina. Uh-huh. I said, you know, I, I, I don't need there to be any cloudy yes. understanding, misgivings, any of that when it comes to her private area. We need her to know and say clearly mm-hmm. what it is and what is happening around it you know and at that point my friend said wow you know I never thought of it like that and I said yeah mm-hmm. you know so I don't know whether they made the changes but at least they were able to understand and respect our reasoning for doing that yes I mean similar to you I think Jada probably was in the second grade and came home I had just picked up my mom from the airport. We were headed to New Hope for our night. But we would always stop by Cheesecake Factory. Quick, simple, right by them. And so he said, uh, Auntie Anina, what is a dick? <laughs> so if you would have seen my mother, you guys. A nickname for a man named Richard. She grabbed, she grabbed her hair in her head, her mouth fell open, and she just shook her face. Y'all, I was driving, and I had to make sure she was okay, because the reaction is sent through her body. I was like, okay, Jesus, I see you. So how am I, and I'm, you know, I was like, well, give me one minute to process it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So like, how can I say this? Yeah. And I said, well, tell me how it came up. He said, well, I went to the bathroom and the little boy said, well, make sure, you know, my dad says, make sure when you finish, you shake your dick. Right. Dick so that, um. So you get all the pee off of it. Yes. Yeah. So you don't, because then you get pee in your underwear yes. and now you walk around with these, with this pee smell right. and yes. you get pee stains and yeah. And I'm like, I wish his parents would have like taught him another word for second grade, you know? Yeah. So I was like, well, it's what we ignore as the penis. Yes. He was like, oh, okay. So, you know, he was like, I understand. Yes. And I was like, but you sometimes may refer to it as your willy. Mm-hmm. But you know that it's your penis. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, yeah. I was like, but it's like an adult word that some people may use and they name it. But it's very, can be very vulgar. It's vulgar. Absolutely. And so he understood. And then I had to explain in second grade what is vulgar. You right, know? right. And so it led to this conversation. Wait, but this, oh, I'm so <laughs> glad you brought this story up. Because this goes right back to last week's episode. When we talked about simply you not being able to determine when information comes to your children sometimes. I mean, literally, it was like Here he grade. is, just in the bathroom, yes. going to pee and another little boy gave him a friendly piece of advice <laughs> friendly <laughs> but he introduced a whole new word which introduced a whole new gamut of things and now you've got to expand his vocabulary into vulgar you know yes. and this was something i'm sure that you knew you would have to discuss Absolutely. someday but you didn't expect him to come home with the d word no until- <laughs> i mean i don't think i knew that word until i was like maybe high school or maybe <laughs> Late middle school. Right, that's what I, you thought, 13, 14, that's the first time you would have to be like, yeah, okay. not like seven. Not seven. Not seven. Right. And I was like, well, darn, it's parents. Uh-huh, and that's when you're like, okay, is this really, this is what this is? So then it made me also think like, okay, so I got a parent for them too. Mm-hmm. So I got to out-parent them. In this, uh-huh. in this area. Yes. But then I can also 
not overreact. That's correct. Because then he won't tell me nothing else he hears. That's so y'all, then I would correct. ask him. Now, just going a little bit off. Then I would ask him what y'all talked about on the playground. Mm-hmm. And what y'all talked about in the bathroom. So once again, not glamorizing, but not demonizing either. Yes. Just getting the information that you need imparting the information that they need to help them get to that next level and to help them operate. Yes. So we, you know, read the, we, I think that night we came back and we read the book again. Okay. And, so and, just, and give us the name of the book again that you guys so read that night. The Story of Me. The Story of Me. By Santa Brianna Jones. Okay. And that's the very first one in the that's series? That's the very first one. Okay. And that's for ages? Three to five. Ages three to five. And then I think the next day we went back over before I was born. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is by Carolyn Nystrom. But it's the same book series. It's a book series of four. Yeah, it's a book series. Okay. And then this book is for ages... Uh, five to eight. Five to eight. So I think that if you've never done these before, it doesn't matter the age grouping. I think if you've never the done content, this series yes. before, the content should be done from the beginning. Absolutely. Regardless of whether you three, five, eight, thirteen, whatever. And the thing of it is, is to introduce the information succinctly to make sure you've got phase one of it, then phase two of it, then phase three, and then phase four. Yes. And so I was telling you, even with my, in my parenting circle, I am, of my girlfriends, I'm the one that has mostly the oldest child. Mm -hmm. I have a few girlfriends who have, you know, elementary, middle, and some high schoolers. Mm -hmm. But most of my girlfriends are... 10 and under. Okay. And so it brings the experience differently because they're calling me like, what do you say when? Right, right. He wanted to know what those were. Yes. When I got out of the shower. Yes. And I'm like, yeah. hello. Yeah, absolutely. But you haven't had that conversation. So I, I'm like you, just start at book one. Yeah. Lay the foundation. But understand that they're going to still gather information. And this is where you get to drive the narrative. Um, it reminds me of that movie with uh, Queen Latifah and Steve Martin, where they were pen pals and she was in jail. And anyway, his son couldn't read. And so Queen Latifah, who was in jail, I can't remember the name of this movie. I will have to look this up. But um, he helps Queen Latifah get out of jail and he assumes that she's somebody else. He doesn't know that this is who she is. Anyway, she comes to stay with them and um, she's helping the boy to learn how to read, but she gives him an adult magazine. So uh, when his dad gets home, he says to his dad, he said, dad, what's a rack? <laughs> and his dad says, it's a country in the Middle East. And so... <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> You know, it's just, it's those kinds of things uh -huh. where, you know, Queen Latifah's character, her goal was just to help this child read. And, and Steve, and she was like, hey, I'll help him read. And Steve Martin's character, he didn't know that she was going to introduce adult content in order to help him read. Yeah. 
but when he got home he now had to take over and drive that narrative because this is what happens so our kids are going to be introduced to all these nicknames of things and we're going to have to figure out how to drive that narrative and having books like this uh and other kinds of resources will help us to do that so um yeah go ahead and continue so the other thing i was telling uh elsie when we were speaking is i think just puberty and purity have to go together. Yes. Um, especially just this depends on your belief. I would love for my child to wait until he's married. That's my ideal goal. Um, but it's certain conversations that you just have to give it all to them at these 10 to 13 year old yes. levels yep. because you want to set it in so concrete Yes. that they're like, oh no, I don't want to do it now or, or or you know in my teens yes I want to wait for marriage um and then this the the risk of all of it also yes we talk about sexual health oh my goodness and you know um, and and, and <laughs> you know that was the one thing that my mother would say to me she says you know of course I want you to wait until you get married uh to be sexually active she says but please if it's a decision that you make that you are going to become sexually active prior to being a full adult and married. I need you to come to me so that I can help make sure that you don't end up with some random sexually transmitted disease that you end up carrying for the rest of your life or um, an, un an unwanted pregnancy because there's so many things that now come along with that mm -hmm. that you shouldn't have to deal with as a, a child, as a young adult. It's just not something you should have to deal with. Absolutely. And my mother wanted to make sure that she could help me navigate making a decision about my sexual health, um, you know, all the way up until I got married. Yes. And that was the one thing. She was like, look, until you get married, come to me, whatever age that is, and let me help you navigate this. My mom is, I'm your mother. I've been there. I've done that. I can help you on this journey. And part of her having that kind of a nurturing relationship with me, it de-glamorized this idea of me wanting to go out and hurry up and do it and see what it was about and experiencing it because I knew that I had my mother behind me. Now, my father, on the other hand, that's a whole different story. <laughs> you know, and as I told you, um, I was scared to even tell my dad I was getting married because I knew that if I told my dad that I was getting married, that in his mind, he knew that I was going to be having sex at some point. Mind you, I was 40 and, yes. <laughs> and I was still afraid yes. to tell my dad I was getting married. And then when we found out we were pregnant, oh my you God, I almost, passed out. I almost passed out. I was, I was like, oh, and one of the very first thoughts that came in my mind was, oh my God, I got to tell my dad I'm pregnant. <laughs> By your husband. By my God. husband. Wait, at 41. Yes. <laughs> because at that point, telling my dad that I was pregnant means that he knew. Oh, oh, he knew. It wasn't the IVF. Now thing. there's right. <laughs> well, the only way for my daughter to get pregnant is it. So that at that point would be like, I might as well walk up to my dad and say, hey, dad, I'm having sex now. As far as I was concerned, rather than tell him I was pregnant because it was one and the same. Yes. As far as I was yes. Concerned. Yes. And so um, I talked to one of my girlfriends who has older children, and she told me about this series called Passport to Purity 
by Dennis and Barbara Rainey. And you guys, this is everything you need in this box that comes. It comes a children's journal and your guide. Passport to purity. Passport to purity. Okay. And uh, just from the back of it, it says, The journey into adolescence in a world of sexting, bullying, online stalking, and more defiance. Innocence is under attack, and you cannot win the battle. I'm gonna need, can you read that goals. again? I'm gonna need you to go back. Read that one more again, please. Journey into adolescence. No, no, no. The innocence part. Innocence is under attack. Innocence mm-hmm. is under attack. Latoya, why is that a problem? Why is innocence a problem? Let me tell you something. My daughter is nine. She is the last single digit. She still likes My Little Pony. And every now and again, she get a wild hair to watch Dora the Explorer. Uh And do you know that I have had parents say to me, oh, well, isn't she a little too old for that? And I'm like, excuse me? Why would you want my nine-year-old to hurry up and grow up? She's nine. She's innocent. How come it is a problem that she is still interested in her childlike innocence? Yes, I just watched a homeschooling mom on Instagram. Uh, has a 13-year-old daughter who still loves Barbies. Yes! And had a Barbie-themed 13th birthday. Great! And people were like, uh, isn't she too old? And I'm like, no, you're never too old to play with Barbies. You're and as ne- long as you can play with them, please do. Please keep your childlike innocence. Innocence is under attack. Oh my goodness. And you know what? As far as I am concerned, you know, when my nieces, they come and visit, um, they are, one is a tween, one is a teen. And the one thing, it's so funny because when they come to my house, they're like, you know what, TT? They said, we get to be kids Uh (laughs) when we come to your house. And, you know, some people would say, oh, you treat those girls like babies. I don't treat those girls like babies. I treat those girls like kids because they are. They're children still. Uh They can't go out and get jobs. They Uh can't get their own health insurance. They can't sign leases. Uh They can't. They are children. They can't drive. drive. (laughs) They can't budget, Uh you know, or any of those kinds of things. They are children. And so when they come to my house, they still get get to be kids there are a lot of things I just don't allow them to do you know and their dad will be like oh well they can do that here and I'm like okay well I understand that but they can't do it here yes how about that so it's a different set of rules for this it's house. a different set of rules for this house because in this house yes okay in this house innocence prevails yeah because I need you to stay that way for as long as you can you know why because the majority of your life is your adult life and you have all and you have the rest, rest of, of your, your life, life to yes. be grown Absolutely. Okay? You only get 18 years to be innocent in this country. And I am going to take advantage of every last one of those years as far as I am concerned. Yes. And then the book, the sentence keeps going. It says, you want to avoid the single awkward talks. Uh Uh-huh. Or the strict set of rules. Right. We don't, talks doesn't, don't have to be awkward. Yeah. And there's no strict set of rules. What I want you to have is an understanding so that you are making good decisions on purpose. Yes. Because you understand what your options are and you understand what outcomes there could be based on certain decisions. Yes. Like, I just recall with my, you 
know, I come from a family of four with three girls. Mm-hmm. Every talk with my dad was just awkward. <laughs> Number one, they would be on long family trips that we did not fly, that we were on a road trip for umpteen hours, and the person that rolled in the front knew that they was having a conversation. <laughs> so I'm like, why would you trap somebody in the car and have this conversation? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now you can't go nowhere. Now it's a little awkward feeling. And you know what's and funny? And it wasn't. It wasn't like it wasn't a walk. It was just. Let, like, let me let me ask you this: Do you remember? And can you compare in the car with your dad when your dad is driving, and now in the car with your dad when you're driving and your dad is in the passenger seat? Yes. Is it the same for you, or is it different? It's different. Isn't it different? Yes. It is so different. It's different. Yeah. <laughs> and even if you have the same conversation, the conversation goes differently with you in the driver's seat and dad in the passenger mm-hmm. seat than vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it's really quite interesting. And so I was just like, why does he do this? So I was, I was like, I think I mentioned it to my sister. Like, do you notice every time we go on a road trip, dad wants to talk about sex? <laughs> like every time. And mom might get in the back. Because uh-huh, she doesn't want to be bothered with it. <laughs> because she's already had this conversation. So I don't even know why he wants to have the awkward conversation. He wants to have the conversation because the thing about dads and girls is dads always expect for girls to deal with that that one boy. And he's always trying to protect his girls. Yes. Because dads always say, I'm a man and I know how men think. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, part of the problem with that, though, is how we are rearing our boys. This idea that boys are to sow their oats and girls are to be virtuous is a problem. Um, we should be teaching our boys to be virtuous and our girls to be virtuous. It shouldn't be this. Because how he gonna sow his oats without some, without a, I mean, you understand what I'm saying? You can't sow your oats by yourself. You need a partner. So this idea of boys sowing their oats and then girls to be virtuous, that doesn't make sense in order for them to even be able to do that. So therefore, we, we should be teaching our boys to be virtuous. Also, by teaching our boys to be virtuous, there's a lot of other things that we weren't going into. We will we will have a lot less um, physical altercations. We will have a lot less of an idea that if a girl uh, is excited about spending time with you, that that automatically means she wants to be sexual with you. You know, teaching our boys to be virtuous will change a lot of things. And I just like the way that this is... Uh... Normally done on the weekend, so this program okay. is normally done over two days. Okay. So it's just like a weekend away with that child. Okay. And so it makes it not only an interesting um, weekend, but it makes it fun, it makes it exciting, but it teaches them everything they need to know. That is great. That is a wonderful program. Tell us the name of the program again. So Passport to Purity. <laughs> Passport to Purity. And so like session one is the challenges, the tracks, and the choices. Uh-huh. Your kids have to, number one, know how to make a choice. Absolutely. Uh, friendship and peer pressure, which is so important, when, uh, you know, when you surround this topic. Mm-hmm. The changes in him and her, you know, when puberty does set in. Yes. What does this look like? Nowadays, this can happen as early as eight. So we have to have these conversations. Oh, and it's because of the chemicals in it the is. food. I mean, I remember well on, I was in middle school. But now I've seen girlfriends who, you know, kids you know, eight, nine. I was in high school. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was right before my, it was the summer before my 14th birthday. Mm-hmm. 
And so um, I was well, I was well in high school. Yeah. <laughs> and so even with all of this, they even have you know I've seen and just with me and being in the medical field where they're doing the implants for girls to stop it from coming on. Mm. And so it's just so much. But then also setting boundaries and then seeing dating differently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so what is dating all about? We're just not dating a date. So I remember my first dates. I've been, when was I able to go out on a date by myself? Yes, and that also is a part of this. They set an age for where your parents say, okay, you are ready to date. Yeah. I went on my first alone date. Uh... 16. Okay. Prom. Okay. Um, I had to be home by 10.30. Okay. Um, that was my first, like, away date. Um, and only because my parents knew him and his family and all of that. This was we know each other. And um, that was why I was able to go and get a 10.30, uh, be home by um, any other date that I went on could only be either a breakfast or a lunch date mm-hmm. until I was 17. Now, I could go on double dates with my parents or his parents uh-huh. before then. So when I was 14 and 15, and then of course 16. So if we wanted to go see a movie or if we wanted to go out to dinner, um, we could go, like if my parents were wanting to go to a movie we could go to a movie and we could sit in a separate row and we had to see the same movie mm-hmm. in the same theater <laughs> at the same time but we didn't have to sit in the row with them we could choose to sit a couple of rows ahead of them and they would sit behind us and then we would go out to dinner either before or after the movie and we didn't have to sit at their table we could sit at our own table but it was a double date with either my parents or his parents yes so my parents did the buddy system so, because it was four of us, you have to go with a sibling. Okay, but see, that that was the thing. See, I didn't yep. have any siblings mm-hmm. to go with. So, so yeah, listen here. Don't let my siblings know. I ain't lying for nobody. <laughs> <laughs> so, you do something and your girl gonna tell. Your girl gonna tell. She gonna tell it all. So, I'm not the one. So you know what? That's what we should do. When Jaden is ready to go on his first date, then we make Elsa and somebody, we, we have them. Listen do- here. It was a bloody system. Listen here. That'll keep you straight. It'll keep you super straight. Because you know your siblings ain't going to lie and cover for you. Not at all. So listen all. here. You'll figure it out real quick. Oh, we're going to do just what we told mom and daddy. We're going where they told us we could go. Yep. We're yep. going to be in the house on time. Yep. Oh, wait, no. When I had my lunch dates, when I was able to go out on lunch dates by myself, no, a parent dropped me off and picked me up. Oh, absolutely. Oh, there was but no... But when it comes to this, like, 16, 17, and you drive... Yeah, you and... ride around. Oh, yeah. So that's when right the parents be like, oh, yeah, you want your boyfriend? How's your sister going, too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all going to the movies? Your sister going, yeah. too. Y'all going oh, wait. out to eat? Boyfriend's house. Yeah, you know, they used to pick them up and stuff. Oh, yeah. If they had, like, a football, let's say it was, like, it was a Super Bowl party. It had to be an event. Nope. So, Super Bowl party, they was allowed to come over. Not mine. But believe me, if my sister showed up or brother showed up, I was right there. Girl, when I tell you, my parents, I wished I would have asked my parents if I could go to a boy's house. As a matter of fact, um... 
Tracy Meadows, and I and I don't know, hopefully, you know, my mother has passed on, so of course she knows all of this now. But my ah. father, I don't know if he'll listen to this podcast or not, but Tracy Meadows, um, a, a young man who's, how uh, Tracy is two years older than me? Yeah, because I was in seventh grade, he was in ninth grade. And uh, his sister, Sharon Meadows, was in my class. We were both seventh grade together. And I was at Cedar Grove Elementary and Tracy was at Cedar Grove High School. And the two schools were right next door to each other. Like you walked down the hill, across the parking lot, and you were at one school or the other. So uh, Tracy had come. We had a school dance at Cedar Grove. for It was the seventh grade school dance, honey. And we was in there all having a great time. And so... The eighth and ninth graders that had siblings over at Cedar Grove Elementary came over to pick them up to take them home. And all these little girls was talking about Tracy Meadows, Tracy Meadows, Tracy Meadows. And I didn't know who Tracy Meadows was because remember, you know, in my family, I only knew my family, mm-hmm. you know, and people who I went to school with and, and that was them. Oh, girl, and the church, church and that was all. So um, I'm leaving. My mom is there to pick me up. And I'm walking out the door and I'm saying bye to everybody. And Sharon calls me and I was like, I said, okay. And I waved to my mom and said, mom, can you hang on just a second? My mom was like, of course, take your time. So I go over and Sharon was like, LT this Tracy, Tracy this LT. And so she's introduced me to her brother. And I was like, okay, hi, nice to meet you. And he was like, so you coming to my party next weekend? And I was like, I... I, I don't know you and probably not because you're a boy and my parents don't let me. And he was like, oh, well, you know, Sharon will be there. And she was like, but it ain't my party. He was like, but you're going to be there. So he talked his sister into calling my house and asking my parents if I could come to her party because her parents were going to be there. They were just going to be upstairs. But no, it wasn't Sharon's party. It was Tracy's party. But, of course, Sharon and blackmailed him. She was like, well, if you want LT to come, then you got to let me invite some of my friends, too. So we ended up with some people. Because I probably wasn't going to go if it was just high schoolers there. Because everybody there was going to be 8th and ninth yes. grade. And I didn't know those people. I was only 7th grade. So if you came over there, but honey, when I got to that little party and it was downstairs in the basement. And they had the red uh, light bulbs and <laughs> all kinds of stuff. And slow music. And I was like, uh-uh. I don't know if I feel comfortable <laughs> Okay, that's my prayer that you don't feel comfortable there. I think I stayed at that party probably about an hour, and, and then you were and like, then I was like, go. it's time to go. Yeah, and I went and asked Sharon if I could uh, use her phone to call my parents and come and pick me up. And, and of course, my dad was like, no problem, absolutely. <laughs> and, and that's what you up. want to put into your children, absolutely. Like if you are in a situation like that, let me know. Have a little code word because we have code words. Uh huh. That's important. That's important. Because I need to know if you say this word, that is an emergency, you're mm-hmm. hurt, you need me to come now. Yes. Yes. That's a, that's And that's an excellent, excellent point. And so, um, we have our code words, and so yes. they are used. Honey, my daddy didn't need a code word, though. <laughs> okay. You said, now. I said, I said hey, hey, daddy. And he was like, all right, I'm on my way. Because <laughs> he didn't want you there. He anyway. So that was just up his alley. That was. 
Now, if I wasn't at a boy's house, if I was at one of my girlfriend's house, or if I was at my aunt's house, or my godparents' house, he would house ask you what was like wrong. That, he would ask you a couple of months. Girl, but he wouldn't even answer the phone. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or I would say, Daddy, can you come and get me, girl? It would be hours later. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if he knew that any kind of a boy was involved in any way, Listen shape, here, form, or fashion, he'd probably bust that road down. Girl, ridiculous <laughs> that man was when it came to boys. So. Yes. But, um, so, you know, that kind of leads into the affirmation that I have for our kids today. Um, and here's something that I want all of our kids to remember. Your body is your temple. Absolutely. My body is my temple. Um, this is something you should, nobody should know more about your body than you. All of your body parts, the way your body works, what's the best thing for your body, what makes your body feel well, what makes your body feel bad, all of those things. Your body is your temple. It is the sacred place physically that you have been given and you only get one. You only get one body. That is it. You can't go out and buy another one, this, that, or the other. You only get one body and your body is your temple. So please take it, take it to heart. And when I say take it seriously, I don't mean, you know, be all serious about it. What I mean by take it seriously is take an opportunity to learn it, to love it, and to cherish it. And to make sure that other people know how you feel about it so that they will respect it. We don't need other people to love your body. We don't need other people to cherish your body. We need other people to simply respect your body and to know the boundaries that you have set for it. And by letting people know those things also helps you to treat your body like your temple. So the affirmation that I have for our kids for this week is my body is my temple. Yes, that's so good. Yes. I mean, even as an adult. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like a really, really adult one. Um, so I will say that uh, the adult one is I prioritize my physical, mental, and emotional health. Which is basically the same thing as saying my body is my temple. It's I, just in the adult way because yes. we have to start breaking things down yes. as we get older where we understand the pieces and parts that come along with adultness. Yes. Adult hood. Yes. Adult dumb. Yes. <laughs> because most adults can, you know, have, um, you know, really believe financial health and physical health. Mm-hmm. But then sometimes that mental and emotional health. Yeah. In different seasons can be a struggle. Yes. And so I think when you prioritize your health, <laughs> you know, it also teaches your children yes. to prioritize their health in those areas. Yes. Speaking of teaching your children to prioritize their health, uh, Elsa has come in here and laid on the bean bag, her cousin's bean bean bag. And if you hear a, a little light sawing in the background, uh, that is her snoring because she is sleeping, taking her a nice little a rest. nice little nap. This this is her. Uh, what what do you call that? This is her self care. Yeah, right now yes. taking a nap. Yeah, she's recharging. She's recharging. <laughs> poor thing. Yes. <laughs> So um, for the health bite, I, I want for parents to really look at the sugar intake for their kids. Um, one of the things about packing Elsa's lunches and the reason I've started videotaping them and putting it out there um, and showing people on my Instagram and uh, over on our uh, group, our journey of learning on Facebook and what I'm going to be putting on my uh, YouTube channel is because 
There are a lot of new diseases that children are being afflicted with, and the majority of them are come from dietary uh, issues. And the majority of those dietary issues are around too much sugar in their diet. Um, if you look simply at all of the sugars and you add them up, um, as a matter of fact, let me look up really quickly how many grams of sugar is in a teaspoon. Um, I, I forget that number, but when we start looking at carbohydrates and grams of sugar and how it truly affects your brain, how your it affects body. your muscles, how it affects your body, um, you will see that it has such an adverse effect. And then what it does metabolically is it can turn you into what is called a sugar burner, meaning a body that stores fat and only burns sugar. And then what happens is as your kids get older, they have difficulty staying fit. And that's not something uh, that we want our kids um, to deal with. So let's see how many grams of sugar I'm just looking this up. Grams of sugar are in a teaspoon. T-E-A-S-P-O-O-N. Uh, um, and let's see what we can find out here. And I want to share this information because, you know, a lot of times we just need to know the numbers in order to help us. Um... All right. So let's see. Teaspoons to gram sugar. So 30... Grams of sugar is what it looks like equals a teaspoon of sugar. 30 to 40 grams is what it looks like. Um, it No, that has to, that's wrong. And you know why I know that's wrong? Because a can of Coke has something like 42 grams of sugar in it, and it's something like 16 teaspoons of sugar. A can of Coke, a 12-ounce can of Coke. Now that I know for a fact, it's like 16 teaspoons of sugar and that's like 42 grams of sugar. So I want you to take that number, look at that. And then I want you to look at when you're feeding your kids, look at the sugars that are in the foods that you're choosing, add those up and see how much sugar you actually are feeding your children. Um, because it does make a huge difference. We don't want to turn our children into diabetics. We don't want for our children to deal with hypoglycemia. We don't want our children to have any kind of metabolic issues with their thyroid. Um, we want them to all be well. We don't want them to develop any kind of brain issues because there are brain issues that are developing in children that have too much sugar in their diet. Um, we don't and want at least stuff like cancer. Cancer, pancreatitis, you yeah. know, um, uh, liver enzymes, uh, fatty liver. I mean, there's all of these things that are coming up in children these days, and it is simply from an overconsumption of sugar. So I beseech you to look at the sugar and let's turn around and let's cut that in half. Cut it in half. And that's why in last week, so if you haven't listened to last week's Health Bite, when I gave you some examples nutritionally on how to pack some lunches and to keep it pretty simple um, and to make sure that you're lessening the amount of sugar in your kid's diet, um, then go back and listen to last week's podcast and, uh, and check that out. So that's the Health Bite for this week. Yes. And your self-care hack for this week. I will say, because we had a scrumptious lunch today. Ooh, girl, lunch was um, amazing. For parents and just in general, refuel your body with healthy 
food so that it can provide the energy that you need for the day. So refuel your body with healthy food so that it will provide you with the energy that you need for the day. We normally don't have the time to take a break uh, for lunch, but today we got to uh, go support a local mom and pop, um, and the food was phenomenal. Like the veggies. Yes. The protein. Yes. Uh, I told LT, I was like, I think I could have took another piece of chicken. <laughs> it was so good. It was so good. Oh. I really enjoyed uh it was really good as a matter of fact they had that special sauce there and i was like that's it i gotta go home and make a marinade and i I was like okay you are the one that can make sauces really well i'm like yes i need you to make me one too because i've been going uh to this restaurant for five years and their vinaigrette based uh sauce is so refreshing well here was the thing um when i was tasting it i was like wait a minute i can taste some different things in here and i was like there's mango there's pineapple and then i got that little sour back and i was like wait 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 that's tamarind that's tamarind oh snap and then i tasted it again i was like oh oh that's in an apple cider vinegar base that is so yummy and you know, just to, and I think they had some tarragon in there. So I think I'm gonna add some tarragon and some parsley, a little salt, a little pepper, maybe a little onion powder. Um, and she's sleep on it. She's knocked out. She's, Jaden just came in here y'all uh, to, and he's trying to wave his hand and Elsa is knocked out. You don't hear that snoring? <laughs> so yeah, so I'm super excited about making that. And hey, you know what? And I need you to make the other one. Which, which one? Where we went to lunch for before in Columbia. Uh, and we had the salad. We split the salad. Oh, remember I told you I made that yes, salad? so I need you to make that. No salad. problem. No problem. <laughs> no problem. Girl, it's good. Dude. I know. It I is said, so good. I was like, I think they're using, um, I was and it wasn't the Worcestershire sauce. Yes, because there's Worcestershire in that yes yes i was like but, i know that's the taste of that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes but i told you i figured all that out made it mm-hmm. Ooh, honey. yeah so we need to make that for lunch one day that sounds good we can do that we got to get a couple of kinds of meats to put in there yeah and maybe we should maybe we'll uh video that and we share could. that yeah and share this for this is a mom salad honey when i tell you this is a salad for us moms and it is so yes. yummy so 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 yummy we will definitely share it with you. Hey, don't forget, if you want to get in touch with us, if you uh, have comments or if you uh, have ideas, shoot us an email over at rnbhomeschooler at gmail.com. That's rnbhomeschooler at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to follow Latoya at Thriving Homeschooler on Instagram. And also remember to follow me at Our Journey of Learning on Instagram. It has been great. We are kind of wrapping this up. Our next episode is our 25th episode. I know. Can you believe we've done this 25 times? I know. I know, right?
right? <laughs> no, I ain't got it. It's like riding a bike, man. It is. It's just like riding a bike. Pretty soon it'll be a unicycle. I know. I'll be able to do it with no hands. Look, <laughs> <laughs> <Not>, no hands. <laughs> well, I thank you. I thank you again. I hope you all uh, gleaned as much information from Latoya as I did from here. And I am super excited about going through these books and these programs with my daughter. And, um, you know, once again, if you've got some questions or you've even got some ideas or you know something else that we could add to enhance uh, our way of teaching sex education to our kids, please share it with us once again at R&B Homeschooler. Thank you for your shares. Thank you for your likes. Thank you for your commitment. And thank you for joining. And we will talk to you soon. Thank you.